0: Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Recording this on a Monday night. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Only sporting event that we really got this weekend was the match between Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson. Uh, Tiger and and Peyton Manning ended up winning that one, but I didn't have it on the entire time. I actually. Didn't watch most of it, but the one moment that I actually did turn that match on was hole seven when Peyton, when when Tom Brady uh holed in from about 150, 160 yards out. That was very impressive. And uh, he's the goat. He's I'm I'm just kidding. You can't you can't call Tom Brady the goat in in Colorado. That's just unfair. That's not cool. Uh, but pretty uneventful weekend for me. Not much going on, but there was some news over the course of these past few days about some playoff stuff, about what the NBA is deciding they want to do over the course of the next few weeks. The NBA has set out some proposals that Sham Sharania of The Athletic has picked up in a survey format. Those proposals were sent to various teams just to see and, and kind of gauge the, the interest in different ways that the playoffs could come about that the playoffs could take form if you have any interest in reading the entire thing champ serrania will go over he he went over the entire thing at the athletic take a look at that but i'm going to go over them from a nuggets perspective in the first segment of this podcast then in the second segment i'm going to talk about the playoff rotation talk about how the nuggets are going to fare if they were to play any of the following three teams, Houston, Dallas, or Oklahoma City in the first round. Going to give my thoughts on each of those series just because I think those are the three most likely teams that Denver would face in the first round just based off of where the standings are today and where these playoff formulations may come about after the first segment. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, let's look at some of the options under consideration from Sham Sharania. He reported, based off of some news over the course of this weekend, that the NBA is discussing a number of options. They're discussing a number of different ways that they could handle the return of the season, whether that be uh, coming back immediately, whether that be doing some play in games, whether that be returning the regular season and getting to a certain threshold. And there are some other situations in there. So let's go through it real quick. The first one that I wanted to talk about is advancing directly into the playoffs. That's basically the standard option. Uh, That's what people expect right now. Based off of the standings for today, there would be no more regular season games played. They would limit as as few teams as possible getting into this bubble that they're projecting to go to in, in Orlando to play at Disney World. It's probably the safest way to play these playoffs, to have as as little action as possible other than the actual playoffs. Now, one of the reasons why that doesn't work is because of the RSN deals, because of the money that goes through for a lot of these regional sports networks and the TV money that is associated with it. You have to reach a certain number of games. That number is 70 and most teams are in between 63, 66, 67 games. The Nuggets are at 65 games. So if they didn't play, they actually wouldn't be able to... Or the the RSNs wouldn't be claiming that extra money. And they would have to pay some extra money. These teams would have to pay some extra money to these RSNs. Based off of not fulfilling that contract. So, to me, the, the Cronkies, the Nuggets after not being on television for pretty much most of the season under Comcast, that's probably not something that they want to do. They, they probably want to get up to 70 games. They probably want to at least come up with a creative option to make up some of that lost revenue, because if they lose a bunch, there could be a lot of ramifications for this Nuggets team and organization going forward. I talked about some of the stuff with Matt Moore last week. He thinks that there could be potentially axing some players with the luxury tax bill that's impending. And I, it doesn't sound like the, the Cronkies want to pay a luxury tax bill. That to me would say that the Nuggets are looking to cut costs. They, they could be in a situation where they have to forego players as opposed to building the best possible team and spending what needs to be spent to be a championship contender. So under that format, The regular season would be chopped. You would go straight into the playoffs. The Nuggets, as the three-seed, would face the six-seeded Rockets in a standard seven-game series. That makes the most sense from a logistical standpoint. Um, It's not necessarily great for the Nuggets. I, I know that we've talked about the Rockets in the past and how the Nuggets would fare. I'll touch on that in the second segment. But it's at least interesting to think about. At this moment, the Nuggets would be penciled to face in the Rockets, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, one of the, the most prolific post-up teams and cutting teams and interior playmaking and passing teams. They would be facing the team that's gone five out in the Rockets, that's gone small ball, micro ball. So we'll see how that holds up and whether that's what they actually end up doing. The next segments, or the the next uh, the next option that they've come up with is a playoffs plus option, which is basically chopping off all of the regular season games, but you're adding more teams to the playoff field. You're basically expanding who can make the playoffs this season. Now they could expand it to eighteen teams, twenty teams, twenty four teams. Usually, of course, it's sixteen teams, eight teams per conference. If you did eighteen teams, that would be nine teams. 20 teams would be 10 teams each, 22 teams would be 11, and 24 teams would be 12. Now, fortunately for Nuggets fans, this doesn't really impact Denver. They earned a top three seed. Even as a, as a top four seed, they wouldn't really be impacted because, for example, in a 24-team playoff setting, it would likely feature the top 12 seeds in each conference, and the one, two, three, and four seeds in each conference would get a bye While the 5th seed would face the 12th seed, the 6th seed would face the 11th seed, 7 would face 10, and 8 would face 9. So that does create some interesting matchups from the Western Conference perspective. 5 versus 12 would be OKC versus San Antonio. Kind of boring, but they've had some matchups over the course of this decade that would be a lot of fun, so be kind of one last hurrah for each of those rosters. Uh, six versus 11 would be Houston versus Sacramento. Denver would face the winner between those teams, and I would expect, of course, Houston to win that. But Sacramento has kind of underperformed for a lot of the season, and if they get hot, if if the Rockets can't contain De'Aaron Fox or they can't deal with uh, Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Nemanja Bielitsa, the spacing that that would provide— that would be interesting as well. I actually don't know what the, the Sacramento Kings record is against the Houston Rockets. Let me look that up real quick, because that could be a that could be a game changer. I, I'm sure the Nuggets fans would much prefer to face the Rock or they'd much prefer to face the Kings as opposed to the Rockets, right? So yeah. The Kings only played the Rockets twice this season, and they won one on the road and they lost one at home. So It's relatively even, uh, at least from that matchup perspective. It wouldn't surprise me if the Sacramento Kings gave the Houston Rockets a little run for their money. So keep that in mind with that proposal. I think that's that's a little bit more alluring for the Nuggets because if Houston were to be upset, then Denver would face a worse team. Although Sacramento isn't a great matchup for Denver either. And then, of course, 7 would face 10. Dallas versus New Orleans is a lot of fun. You'd have Luka Doncic versus Zion Williamson. Eight would face nine with Memphis and Portland, John Morant and Jaron Jackson facing off against Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. I would bet a lot of money that Portland would win that series just because they have the veterans capable of winning that kind of series, but Denver was in that position last year and you, you realize how important it is to have veteran leadership and just one extra guy or two extra guys that really step up in that situation. Not sure if Memphis is cut out for that yet. Beyond the playoffs plus option, another option is just to resume the regular season with all 30 teams. You would have to play a certain segment of the season, and the the segments that have been discussed are finishing 72 games or finishing 76 games. For the sake of this podcast, I'm not going to talk about all 76 uh, from Denver's perspective. If they had to play 72 games, though, here's who they would face over the next because they, they have played 65, so they have another seven games. So game 66 would be the Spurs, 67 would be the Lakers, 68 is the Clippers, 69 is the Thunder, 70 is the Raptors, 71 is the Bulls, and 72 is the Heat. That's a really tough seven-game schedule. You have five teams that are currently in the playoffs, and then the Spurs, who obviously they give Denver issues just based off of who they are. And the Bulls, who the Nuggets just sent Archers Karnasovis there, or Archers Karnasovis left for the Bulls, so that's an interesting dynamic as well. Um, obviously, that would be really tough for Denver. Up, they're currently up 1.5 games on the Jazz for the third seed in the playoffs, and they also have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But OKC is right behind the Jazz, and if Denver were to drop in the standings, that would be really tough for them. That would be a really difficult situation. To put the Nuggets in, and it's all because they just decided to finish the regular season. I think if the Nuggets fans, for from a competitive standpoint, you don't want that to happen because you want the Nuggets to finish with as high of a seat as possible to potentially avoid facing some of these tougher Western Conference teams like the Rockets, like the, um, like the Jazz, for example. If if the Nuggets were to were to face the Jazz, I think they'd probably be fine. But, I mean, actually, let's be honest. They're going to have a tough first-round matchup no matter what because they're going to face the Rockets, the Jazz, the Thunder, or the Mavericks. And we're going to talk about who I think is the most difficult going forward. But uh, let's get into the next and the final format that the playoffs are going to potentially explore. And that is just instead of doing a traditional format with the Western Conference getting... 1 to 8 and the Eastern Conference getting 1 to 8, rather reseeding those teams from 1 to 16. This has been on the table for a while. This has been an interesting format that the the league has really kicked around and Western Conference teams would love if this were to, if this were to happen because the Western Conference has always been better than the Eastern Conference. They've been more competitive. There would be 9 and 10 seeds in the Western Conference that would probably oust the 7 and 8 seeds from the East. Uh, I haven't done the the checking on the standings on that, but I have to imagine that that would actually be true. And let's look at that real quick. Um, currently, Portland and New Orleans are behind Orlando and Brooklyn. But that doesn't necessarily mean that if they were to finish, let's say, 72 games, that that couldn't flip around. Because, um, yeah, because... Portland is just right behind Orlando and Brooklyn. New Orleans is right behind them. This wouldn't be it wouldn't be that difficult for either of those teams to catch the Eastern Conference teams. And then that would that would be really interesting from a from a playoff standpoint. If that were to work well in this neutral format, then I wonder if they were to change things permanently after that. I don't think so. I think that's that's less likely than most anything that they could do because Eastern Conference teams just aren't going to agree to that. They know that they get that playoff money if they keep things the way that they are. Um, but from the Nuggets perspective, specifically, if the if the playoffs were to be reseeded, the Nuggets would be a 6 seed. So that means they would face an 11 seed. And that would be the Indiana Pacers. Indiana's a good team, don't get me wrong. They have a lot of talent, and they've got a lot of solid players. Malcolm Brogdon they just brought in. Victor Oladipo when he's healthy, TJ Warren. They have Justin Holliday and, and uh, Doug McDermott as backups. They have TJ McConnell as a backup. He's solid. Domantas Sabonis and Miles Turner are, are obviously there. They have a lot of solid pieces, and some of those pieces could be very dangerous for the for the Nuggets, who are like they have some really good players in some situations, but Malcolm Brogdon, I think, should remind people of Derek White, and Jamal Murray had some problems with Derek White at the beginning of last year's playoffs. Malcolm Brogdon's a better version of Derek White, and he's very solid. He knows how to run the point. He knows how to get his team into the right sets. And overall, Victor Oladipo is a guard that, if he's healthy, if he's explosive, then I don't think Denver has anybody who can stay in front of him consistently. Maybe Gary Harris, just from a physical standpoint, makes a lot of sense as a lightning quick guard who just can cut him off no matter what. But those teams or those players have matched up in the past and Oladipo has really hurt Denver on several occasions. So it wouldn't surprise me if Denver lost to Indiana, (coughs) but I also know that they could win. I also know that they could win big, um, Oladipo isn't the same defender that he once was. Malcolm Brogdon isn't the same defender that he was in his Milwaukee early days. Jamal Murray could go off in that series, uh, just depending on the sets that he faces. Nikola Jokic could obviously go off. Miles Turner is somebody he's really taken to the woodshed on several occasions early in his career. Domata Sabonis is another guy that He's just bigger than demonte Sabonis, and if that was the battle, if that was the, the matchup, Jokic would out-physical demonte Sabonis, who usually out-physicals anybody, everybody. So that's an interesting factor. And then the Michael Porter Jr. factor is interesting as well, just because that was the team that Michael Porter Jr. was unconscious against. He went 11 for 12 in a game. Against the, against the Indiana Pacers, and they had no answer for him, despite having a pretty solid wing defender in T.J. Warren. So, if Denver were to get past Indiana, they would then play Toronto in the second round. And Toronto, while they are scary, while they are a very good team, I don't think they strike fear into the hearts of Nuggets fans like a, a L.A. Lakers or an L.A. Clippers or a Milwaukee Bucks. The Raptors are the third best record in the NBA, but I don't think their talent really reflects that. They have a lot of cohesion. They have a lot of chemistry just based off of their championship run. Kyle Lowry is very good. Pascal Siakam is very good. I don't think either of those guys would be the best player in a series against Denver. Unless Mark Gasol brought his A-game and really stopped Nikola Jokic the way that he stopped Joel Embiid in the playoffs last year. I, I just don't see it. I think that Jokic is more dynamic as a player than Joel Embiid. And because Marcus Gasol was able to body him physically, Embiid wasn't as, he he didn't have any counters to that. Jokic does. He's he is the playmaker. He is a creator. He's a facilitator. He can shoot it. He's a lot more comfortable settling for certain shots and he can create for others and doesn't need to be the focal point. The Sixers needed Embiid to be a focal point last year, and that's the reason why they lost in the playoffs. So, and then also, Jamal Murray would be in a good situation where he's being defended by either Kyle Lowry or Fred VanVleet. And while those guys are very good defenders, O.G. Ananobi is the guy that they would want to defend him. But that would be a series that maybe play Michael Porter Jr. at the three, and then O.G. Ananobi has to defend him because they don't have another guy who could do that. Pascal Siakam, if he's out there, maybe they have to have him defend Jeremy Grant or Paul Millsap, because if they go too small, then they have Kyle Lowry defending Paul Millsap or Fred VanVleet defending Jeremy Grant. So I think Denver actually matches up reasonably well with Toronto from a physical standpoint, from an interior offense and defense standpoint. Now, if Toronto gets hot, if they shoot a number of threes and those threes go in, then that's something that Denver can't really control. But Denver would have a really good opportunity to go to the the conference finals or the the equivalent of the conference finals. Let's call it the semifinals. Uh, I would expect that to happen almost. If they were to get out of the funk that they were in in March, I think they could do it. I think they could actually make that area, make that, make that a reality. And who knows after that, maybe they get hot and maybe Porter starts to play really well. And he comes in and he changes a series against the Lakers or the Clippers or one of those teams. And then it's just gravy from there. So I'm looking forward to whatever the NBA decides to do. I think it's going to be really interesting When we come back, we're going to talk about what Denver's rotation is going to look like in the playoffs against three different teams, the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. Thought it would be interesting to break down some playoff rotations because we're starting to gear up. We're starting to see a little bit of this news creep through. Seems like things are moving in the right direction for the playoffs to really happen. And that would be great because the Nuggets have a lot of questions. I wrote an article today on Denver Stiffs. I'm recording this on a Monday night. Wrote an article for Denver Stiffs today that was basically... Asking or seeing if the Nuggets would get an answer to the three main questions that are facing them this year. So that was Jamal Murray becoming a star. That was whether Michael Malone would trust Michael Porter Jr. enough to play him and how much Denver's short size on the wing would really hurt them in a playoffs. Now, all of those factors are going to be important in this discussion, in this rotation discussion, because while the Nuggets would be playing three different teams in this discussion, these three teams have various characteristics that could really hurt Denver, could really be in a position where uh, they don't have an answer for some of these guys. So if that's the case, Denver could be seeing an early exit. So we we, we want to have this discussion to make sure that at least if that were to happen, we'd be ready for it and understand why it did. Uh you don't want to go into it thinking, why the heck did we lose? Why the heck did the Nuggets drop a first round series when they were a three seed? Well, here's why. Here could be some of the reasons. Let's, through some, let's run through some of these teams, talk about who plays the most in each series. Talk about the Houston Rockets because they've been the team that's most prevalent for Denver over the past few weeks. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Will Barton, they're definitely playing the most minutes on the Nuggets roster. When they've been healthy, when that pairing, when when that quartet has been healthy and available, that's been the grouping that has played the most. Sometimes Paul Millsap joins that group. Sometimes Jeremy Grant joins that group. They would split the majority of the time at power forward and center, or backup center anyway. Because I think that the real question comes down to how much Tory Craig is needed, whether Monte Morris can stay on the floor, and whether Mason Plumlee can stay on the floor. And here's the reason why. The Houston Rockets are a heavy switching system. They are a heavy switching team that when you run a traditional pick and roll against them, switching that pick and roll slows everything down, and it forces the offense to take their time, work the ball around, and use as much time on the clock as possible to really figure things out. Sometimes that ball goes into the post on the switch. Sometimes the guard decides they want to isolate, or maybe they run a different set. Maybe they rotate the ball all the way around. For the Nuggets, and especially for their backups, Monte Morris and Mason Plumley are... Very, very reliant on the pick and roll together, on the DHO together. And when teams switch that, usually it results in a Mason Plumlee post up. Usually it results in a less efficient play because when Plumlee posts up, he has two options. He can either go and try to score or he can try and create a pass out for others. And he's done that well on occasion. He's done that like he, he, consistently finds guys for open threes when he posts up when he jumps into the middle of the lane and when he's hanging in the air he finds a guy for a a perimeter pass or he finds a guy for a cut and they they get a nice layup out of it but most of the time the ball stops with Plumlee and he eventually has to make a decision and if he decides that he wants to shoot He hasn't been very efficient on those shots this year. And I think that that could be a real issue for the Nuggets in a series like this, where they go to the well too much while Jokic is off the floor. They try to get Plumlee involved. They try to let him control the game from the post in that situation. And he stays inefficient. He hasn't played well against the Rockets in pretty much any of the games as a scorer that he's played this season and i don't think that's a i don't think that's a uh an outlier i think that's actually what we would probably see because the rockets play so small they have pj tucker at center they'd play robert covington at center they're comfortable switching out eric gordon or james harden or even like an austin rivers or somebody like that those guys are smart veterans they know how to play they know how to not get moved off their spots and I don't expect the Nuggets to really know how to counter that from their backup positions. And Monte Morris is the other guy that that really affects because if he's not controlling the game as a pick and roll guy on offense, what is he doing for the Nuggets defensively against a team with Russell Westbrook and James Harden? Can he guard either of those guys? If he can't, and if the offense is really altered, I think the Nuggets may actually decide to go away from him. I think that that could be a really, really tough call. Because if they're in a position where when Murray is off the floor, when Jokic is off the floor, when they need to create offense, Morris is probably out there. I think he's almost certainly out there, but that could be a guy that the Rockets decide they want to pick on offensively. So we'll see how that goes. I, I am not certain that that's how things would pan out, but I think that's... Torrey Craig is probably going to play more minutes. I think that Mason Plumlee is probably going to play little to no minutes. I think the nine-man rotation is probably Murray, Morris, Harris, Barton, Grant, Craig, Porter, Millsap, and Jokic, and Plumlee would be out. I don't see him having a major role, and I think Morris could definitely have a reduced role in that series I think your closing lineup is probably your starters Murray Harris Barton Millsap Jokic but it's close enough that hey you might you might decide to throw out somebody else you might decide to put in Craig as as some added size in which case you'd probably take out maybe even Millsap just depending on what things were going on I think you could probably get away with that if you're the Nuggets because PJ Tucker is the power forward or center and Robert Covington would be the other option there. Um, If you have Craig out there and you have Harris and Barton, then at least you have a couple of other guys who can handle the ball a little bit. If you have Craig in for Harris or Barton, then you're a little bit bigger, but I'm not sure you're better. I'm not sure you're better against the Rockets. So we'll see how that goes. Let's move to Dallas. Dallas is another interesting team that Denver just faced right before the right before the pandemic broke and Dallas kind of put a shellacking on Denver. It was, it wasn't, I'd say shellacking is probably overstating it, but they were better. They were definitely better than Denver. And a lot of that was because of Boba Marjanovic and Jokic wasn't really able to handle him. And while that's probably mitigated a little bit by Kristaps Porzingis being out there, he's the guy that they're going to rely on. Um, Luka Doncic is still very good, and he's still going to probably create some mismatches for this Nuggets team, and I I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know whether Denver's starting unit of Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic is going to be able to contain that. The three guys that I feel very confident they're going to play major minutes are Jokic, Murray, and Millsap. Millsap has enough smarts and wherewithal that He will be able to stay on the floor no matter pretty much who he's defending, whether it's Dorian Finney-Smith if they go small, or it's Maxi Kleba if they go big, or if it's Kristaps Porzingis while Jokic takes the lesser big. I think Millsap's going to be out there, and of course Jokic and Murray are going to be out there. Those are your guys. If one of Harris and or Barton can stick with Luka Doncic reasonably well, I think Denver then keeps both of them out there. And just tries to ride their starters as much as possible while, while Luka's out there. I think that makes the most sense. That's that's a situation where if Denver can get away with that and they could just mitigate the, the bench points, Denver could really run away with that series. Now, if Denver can't stop Luka Doncic, if they're really struggling with Harris or Barton out there, it becomes really complicated. Because then Torrey Craig comes in and he's inserted as a starter. And he's probably inserted for Gary Harris. And then you're playing Morris and Harris off the bench. And you're probably playing Porter and Grant off the bench, but you could play Plumlee. Uh, Craig is going to be interesting for the spacing for Denver because if he can't shoot, if he clogs things up, I don't think Denver has enough firepower to stay with Dallas. They are such a good offensive team. And it's all pretty much starting with Doncic if he can still control the pace and he can control the tempo and Denver can't keep up with him, or if they sell out too much for him and the other guys are getting going, then Dallas could be a team that really upsets Denver. I think Grant still gets major time against Luka Doncic, and I think a, a good way to kind of combat that and combat some of the, the positional difficulty that Grant has playing only power forward is that Maybe Millsap slides to the five while Jokic sits. Maybe Grant plays the four and guards Luka Doncic and Millsap plays the five. That would be a good option for Denver. Now, will Porter play? Probably not. I don't think there's a really good option for him in this series because if he plays the four, then that means Grant or Millsap or Plumlee or Jokic is off the floor and things get a little bit complicated and While I think that Porter at the 4 is probably better than Porter at the 3, I just don't think that Denver has the rotational capability up front to be able to do that. So my guess is the nine-man rotation looks like this against Dallas. Murray, Morris, Harris, Barton, Craig, Grant, Millsap, Jokic, and Plumlee. You play two bigs most of the time and that counters Dallas's shorter size. And even if Boban gets time, then at least you have some size, extra size to match up with him. And I think Denver's closing lineup in that series is probably going to end up being Craig in for Harris and then going with the starters. That's a tough situation, and I'm sure that Gary Harris wouldn't want to hear that. But Craig just has the added size to deal with a guy like Doncic, and That to me makes the most sense that if the Nuggets are running Murray-Jokic pick and roll, then Craig can be in the short corner in the corner and try to space the floor as much as he can from those situations, but it's really going to be the Murray-Jokic show in that situation, and Craig doesn't impact that as much. Let's move to OKC. Jokic, Murray, Harris, and Barton are definitely playing a lot of time. They are the guys that make the most sense in that rotation, and the decision is going to be whether Millsap or Grant is the best matchup for Gallinari Uh, because OKC plays this four-out style, very straightforward. They're going to run a lot of pick-and-roll with Steven Adams. They're going to run run some isos with Dennis Schroeder and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and they're going to try and space the floor as much as they can which means that I'm not sure that Millsap is the guy that makes the most sense against OKC. The Nuggets may need Grant as a guy who can fly around a little bit, who can stick with Gallinari on the perimeter, who's not going to give up a ton of size interior-wise. Um, and he's more athletic than than Gallo and can do a lot of things that Gallo just can't, and that might open up Denver's offense for sure. Um But yeah, this is going to have a lot of straightforward decisions. If Harris, Barton, Morris, Murray, if that combination of Denver's guards, if they can match up with CP3, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, guys like that, the dangerous players on OKC, if they can do that and they can limit him, then I think Michael Porter Jr. gets some time as the small forward in a lot of situations whether that's next to Jokic, whether that's with Grant and Millsap, whether that's with uh, Grant and Plumlee. I think there's a lot of situations where Porter can be out there if he's playing well and he doesn't have to do a lot. If only two of CP3, Shea and Schroeder are out there, then Porter can guard Abdel Nader or Terrence Ferguson or Hamadou Diallo or guys like that where it, They're definitely not going to be the impactful offensive players, and you can basically hide Porter out there defensively, and he's not going to impact things negatively. He's actually going to provide more of an offensive impact because he's not doing a lot defensively. If you can get him the ball, if you can get him involved, he may be in a really good position to switch that series up. and Maybe you even play him at the four, match him up with Gallinari, match him up with whoever the Thunder decide is going to best play there, when Gallinari's not on the floor. That could be a really interesting thing. Now, if the guards on OKC are running Denver's guards, if Denver can't get stops, and that probably makes more sense to me because CP3 is not done. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is very good. Dennis Schroeder still very good. They're very quick. They know how to get into the lane. If those guards on OKC are dominating Denver's guards, then I think Torrey Craig comes in for Porter as opposed to coming in for those other guards. May sound unfair, may sound unreasonable, but that to me seems like the most likely option. Porter's probably going to sit in that situation because Denver will need some added defense. Plumlee's also going to be need, gonna need to be out there for Steven Adams. He'll need to be out there for some of New Noel minutes, though I think that the best thing Denver can do when Nerlens Noel is out there, is to play Millsap and Pl- or Millsap and Grant together. Those guys can switch a little bit. They're both solid enough physically to prevent him from getting all the way to the rim. Uh, that's probably the best thing Denver can do in those situations is to provide an extra help defender that's super athletic and can switch. The nine man rotation in this situation it's probably Murray, Morris, Harris, Barton. One of or Porter, Grant, Millsap, Jokic, and Plumlee. The closing lineup, if I were to guess, Murray, Harris, Barton, Grant, Jokic. I think Grant just gives them more of an ability to switch, more of an ability to help off of Gallinari and recover, because I don't think Millsap can do that. There have been a lot of evidence over the last few years especially this last year, that Millsap probably isn't the right option when you're facing a stretch four that can playmake a little bit. These are guys like Brandon Ingram and Gallinari. And, and know, who are some of the other options here? Well, guys like that, guys in that in that general sphere uh, who are good playmakers. Uh, Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum types, uh, Clippers with their, with their Paul George, Kawhi Leonard types. Uh, the Bucks, Denver actually played really well against the Bucks with Grant out there as opposed to Millsap. Uh, some of these floor spacing teams, it just makes more sense to do it that way. It makes more sense to counter size and speed with size and speed. And that, to me, makes Grant so valuable for this Nuggets team going forward Is he's really your Swiss Army knife who you can use all over the place. I think that's probably the best way for Denver to go. That's probably the way that they'll maximize everything. And that's really all I have for this week on Nuggets Numbers. Next week, I'll probably break down the rest of the Western Conference from the playoff perspective, from a rotation perspective. If you want to hear some per- some perspectives on Eastern Conference teams, then I can do that as well. If we get more news for the playoffs, then I will break that down as well. Uh, let me know after the, after the player profiles have finished up. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what the best content ideas for Nuggets Numbers are going forward until the playoffs start. So if this is something you're interested in, awesome. I I will continue to do more of it. That'll do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. We will see you guys next week.